You know, I just wanted to, to let you know kind of what's going on this morning. We have kind of a crazy little service here. It's our, our family Sunday. And, you know, Jesus had a lot to say about kids. So, um, and actually the founder of our particular organization, she used to do, uh, they used to have whole services that were completely run just by children. You know, Jesus said, don't hinder these from coming to me because this is what the kingdom of heaven is about. It's about these little ones. And he also said that out of their mouths, they are going to they are going to establish praise. They're going to teach us. So this morning, I just want to ask you to open your hearts and, and trust that the Lord has something really special to speak to you, something that he wants to teach you. He has a, a Christmas gift for you. And also, um, I just, you know, just, just be open to what, what children can teach us, because I, I know that you can learn a lot from children. And that leads us into our next person that is going to be sharing with you guys this morning, as we have our kids being a part of the service. And so I have Ezekiel Duncan that's going to come up here, and he is leading right into that. He's going to be sharing a little bit about Moses and uh, the story of, of Moses, and so um, he's got something God laid upon his heart that he wants to share with you guys. So here he is, Ezekiel Duncan. So one thing that every person here struggles with around Christmas time is patience. Now who has a kid who struggles with patience? Yeah, all you parents out there. Now, patience will always equal something. So if you have patience it will equal something good. If you don't have patience, it will probably equal something bad, like consequences. And patience, if not used properly, could become many bad things. A few are anger, consequences, hatred, and sadness. Patience is very useful during Christmas time because you want to get deals, or you want to open presents, see what's in there. And I'm going to talk about a story that some people and per, a person needed a lot of patience. So, in, in Numbers 20, um, in Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13, there are Israelites who Moses set free from the Egyptians and led them through the Red Sea, and they keep on losing their patience. So, one time when they're in the desert, they're like, Moses, we want water. So Moses prayed, and God said to strike the rock. So Moses did, and water gushed out. Then a little while later, like, Moses, we're thirsty again. Moses like, I'll go pray. Ugh. <laughs> and so he went and prayed with Aaron. And so God said, go speak to the rock, like, hi, rock, can I have some water? And so Moses like, fine, he's going over since all the patience left him and he's kind of grumbling and he strike the rock twice. Water still gushed out and it was still clean and stuff, but God said, since you did not listen to me, you will not go to the promised land. And even the Magi struggled with patience because they had to wait and had to walk and wait and the star was probably only out at night for them to find Jesus. So it's probably really tiring. But I just want to remind all of you guys to have patience. And in Ephesians 4, chapter 2, it says, With all humility and gener 
and gentleness, with patience bearing one another in love. So I just want to remind you all to have patience. What was that? Top that. I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try. How are you guys doing this morning? Good to be here. Hope you guys all had a Merry Christmas. I was told once that a church without a youth is a church without a future, and I got to say, the, the, the future of the adventure looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. All these youths and, and things that are going on, and, and as the honorary youth on the pastoral team, I'm happy to, uh, to continue this mantle. I think I got about 10, 15 years on these guys, so I feel pretty good. Pretty good about myself and my decisions in life, especially being a Broncos fan. Good, good. Well, I was asked to just share a brief message on the Magi, the Magi or the wise men. And I won't go into the the whole story, but what I thought I would do today is just give some insights into who these wise men were and the really the cosmic magnificence that they followed to see our Lord and Savior. Does that sound good? Well, in Matthew 2, there is a story of these wise men coming from the east who saw the the star in the east and decided to follow it. They go to uh, Jerusalem and they, they run into Herod and Herod obviously tries to trick them and say that there is a, that he would like to come and worship this Messiah, this king as well. And they're warned in a dream not to go and and tell Herod, but they go and visit this young baby, and they offer him these gifts as were presented in the video. I don't remember the hummus uh, being in that, but, you know, who knows? But there was these three gifts that were given to him, and they worshiped him, and they worshiped this little baby. And I want to start off first with understanding who these magi, these wise men were, because Matthew at least had enough insight to look at this and go, we need to include this and who the Messiah is, because his whole book is about telling about who the Messiah is and how Jesus is the Messiah, and he includes these important people. And the story of the wise men really goes back 600 years before Christ enters into this world as a baby. And there was a great event in in Israel's history where Babylon comes in and, and sacks the city of Jerusalem and takes the, the finest thinkers and the higher class of the Israelites with them. And so Israel is split. There's some that stay in Jerusalem in the ruins, and there's the, the higher classes, the more academics. They go with the, the king in Babylon. That's where we see Daniel and his lineage come from. We see Esther, all these great stories of when they're in Babylon. But these magi, these wise men, are a lineage of Israelites who were in Babylon and their families had been in Babylon for 600 years. And these academics, these wise men, were were consultants to kings, were advisors to kings. And a lot of times they had even more power than the kings. If if the king would would be born and, and his father had died, which there was a lot of turbulence in this time. And so kings were falling and coming as, as much as wheat was growing every season. You have these Greek kings, you have Persian kings, all these things happening. 
It was the magi, these wise men, who were kind of the consistency within the kingdom. And so these kings would step into the throne in Babylon, and, and these wise men would be there to consult and to advise and give direction. And if the child was, or if the king was younger, they would actually rule instead of the, or through the king. So these wise men had a lot of power. And they were very smart, very intellectual. And, and they looked and they, were, they would look at the stars and they were into astronomy. And you got to imagine if these magi, these wise men were also Jewish and, and Israelites in nature, they were waiting and looking for their Messiah. They were waiting and looking for their Messiah. So for 600 years, these wise men whose families stayed in Babylon, after many of them went to Jerusalem in Nehemiah's, day, in Nehemiah's day, these ones stayed and were looking for the Messiah, which says a lot since considering that they were the ones who came and, and were looking for their king when they were the ones advising kings themselves. So we see these wise men of Jewish descent waiting and looking for their Messiah. And what did these wise men see? What do these magi see? And there's a lot of theories and, and people like to talk about what they see, but there's really one event that sticks out above the rest. And it comes in the very beginning of, of really where, where history is, is transitioning. And, and we see that as about zero to, two BC, or zero to two AD. There was a cosmic event that happened that we can go back in the cosmologies and see what this event was. Have you guys ever heard the term Regulus before? The star Regulus, does that come to anybody's mind? Any, any Latin students in here? Regulus? Well, Regulus is one of the largest stars in the Leo constellation. And Regulus is Latin for king or reigning king or, or King Lee. It's a Latin term. And it sits as the largest star in the Leo constellation, which how many of you know what the animal that means Leo is? A lion. A lion. So we're talking about the lion constellation, and we're talking about the kingly star sitting within the lion constellation. And there was an important event that happened at this time that we can go back and view. And what Regulus happened, there was a combination of events that occurred that I'm not, too, I'm not smart enough in my astrology to explain fully. But there was an event that happened in Regulus's constellation, in Leo's constellation involving Regulus, that shot out a burst of light that was 77 light years away. Have you guys ever studied light years? I know, I know a lot of us watched Star Wars the last couple, last week, and, and it may be kind of at the forefront of our mind, but let me give you some insight into how amazing that was. So a light year is, is a is 186,000 miles per second. Basically what that says is that this light year, this, this light burst could have traveled around the globe seven times in one second. That's fast. So what Regulus is, and the amazing thing with Regulus is how far it is. Not just how big it is, but how far it is away. And so what happens is this burst of light happened 77 years ago before the Magi could see it. So there was a burst of light. Something happened at Regulus 77 years before the Magi were able to see it here on earth. And it just happened to hit as the Magi were looking. And so what we see is this star, this star that we can, that the Magi are looking at is actually this, 
this constellation, this burst of light that occurred in the kingly star, in the kingly constellation of Leo. And you have to know these magi were looking at this particular spot waiting for their Messiah. And it amazes me that God is so big and so great that 77 years, I mean, these guys weren't even born yet, that he had already initiated what would be seen and would guide them that day and through that journey. We can view it through the astrologies. We can use in the cosmics of what had happened and the ramifications of what came from that. It's an amazing thing. And it really shows us how God has gone before us, doesn't it? I think that is what the, the magi are, are, are really holding on to, the wise men are really holding on to as they're going towards Bethlehem, as they're about to go and, and worship their Messiah, their king, deliver the gifts that they have for them, give them everything that they have. I mean, these are the most powerful men in the East, and they're going to go worship a baby in the smallest, humblest, cowpoke town in Israel. Because they understand who he is. They understand that before them, he was. And you look at Isaiah 9. You look at Isaiah 9, 6, and this is one that is quoted so often at Christmas time. It says, for us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And they, these magi, these men who had seen this, this divine shot of light in the sky and decided to follow it, knowing that this was the sign of their king, their Messiah, their God. They weren't going just to visit a baby. It wasn't just to go to, to visit a baby. They knew that a son had been given. A child was born, but a son was given. This is the eternity, the eternal nature of Jesus. Babies are born, but the son always existed. That's why he's called the Emmanuel. He is God with us. This is why they come and they worship him. The act of worship is only reserved for God. And these men, these men who for 600 years, their families have been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Messiah, saw the light that God initiated in the darkness and they followed it to a great life. So we know that God has gone before us. He knows he can initiate things before we can even think about them, that we can trust in him, and we can understand that a son in this time has been given to us for the purpose of saving our lives. Because we see in John 1 that he is a great light in the darkness, and he has given life. And that light comes directly from the eternal nature of God himself. Let's pray. Father, thank you for really how wonderful and magnificent you are. 
Lord, that you have created the cosmics in, in this universe just beyond our comprehension. Lord, that you can initiate things years and years before we're even born that line up to us right now for your purpose and for your glory. God, it is you who led those wise men to their king because they were looking and searching for their God. Lord, and you directed them, you guided them, you protected them. So Lord, the same to us today, you lead us, you guide us, you protect us. Lord, we look to you, we look to you for our life, we look to you for our light, we look to you for our joy, we look to you for all of our providence, God. Thank you for what you have done in our hearts, in our lives, that you've renewed our minds, that you have given us a hope, a hope that is beyond anything in this world. That 2,000 years ago, there was a baby born into this world, but more importantly, there was a son that was given. A son that was given with the purpose of taking on every sin that has ever existed and becoming sin itself and dying on the cross so that we can live freely from the power of sin and death. And that we can live a life full of hope and light and power because of you and what you've done, because of who you are, our Emmanuel, and your great and powerful name, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who has authority both in heaven and on earth, who can do all things, who can perform every miracle, who keeps the promise, who makes the way, our Jesus, our Lord, and our Messiah. In your great and powerful name, amen.